0: Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Thursday, July 6th. We're all feeling the pinch of the federal carbon tax, particularly after the increase of the gas pumps that came into effect July 1st. But did you know that the carbon tax is lower in Quebec than anywhere in Canada? We discuss the discounted rate Quebecers are receiving with Franco Terrazano, federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation.
1: Ever wonder what it takes to set up the massive midway at Stampede Park for the greatest outdoor show on earth? Well, we get a behind-the-scenes look at what it takes to get things up and running from Scooter Corak, Vice President of Client Services for North America Midway Entertainment.
0: And finally, look out musicians because artificial intelligence has its eyes set on the Grammys. We discussed the decision to allow AI-created music to now be eligible to win music's biggest prize with music commentator Eric Alper
1: if the federal government is putting a price on carbon then all canadians should be expected to pay that same price joining us to talk about why quebec is paying a lower carbon tax than the rest of canada is franco Terrazano, federal director of the canadian taxpayers federation hi franco
2: hey thanks for having me on this morning thanks
1: for joining us this is going to infuriate Albertans. <laughs> you can bet on that uh, latest bump in the carbon tax came into effect july 1st why isn't it the same for everyone
2: Yeah, I can hear your listeners' uh, blood about to pump here. Put your coffee down, folks. Um, You know, the Trudeau government sold us on its carbon tax plan. Well, I don't think it sold many Albertans, but nevertheless, right, it was always everyone in Canada has to pay Trudeau's carbon tax, and if your province puts in a lower carbon tax, then the federal government was going to increase it, right? That's what the feds essentially sold Canadians on, or at least told Canadians about. But that's not how it works. Every province and territory now has to pay a $0.14 cents per litre of gas carbon tax. Well, every province except one, Quebec. In Quebec, they pay a carbon tax of $0.10 cents per litre. So if you're in Calgary, you're going to the pumps. When you fuel up, you're paying $0.14 cents a litre through Trudeau's carbon tax. You go to Montreal, you'd be paying $0.10 cents per litre. And it gets worse. By 2030 in Calgary, you'll be paying $0.37 cents a litre for Trudeau's carbon tax. If you were in Montreal, you'd be paying $0.23 cents a litre. So get this, folks. You're already paying more than anyone in Quebec for Trudeau's carbon tax. And by 2030, you're going to be paying 10 bucks more to fuel up your minivan just in Trudeau's carbon tax. Uh, 10 bucks more, right? So every province is paying more than the, than the drivers that are in Quebec. And I, I don't know how else to term this other than Quebec's getting a special deal from the Trudeau government.
0: Okay, that, that's your way. You're saying that's how you're terming it, uh, Franco. But has there been any explanation given for why they're getting a special rate? What are you hearing from the federal government?
2: Yeah, there has. Um, so the federal government says, well, Quebec has a provincial cap-and-trade carbon tax. But hold on a second. That doesn't really pass the sniff test because before July 1, Nova Scotia also had a provincial cap-and-trade carbon tax. But the federal government said that wasn't enough because it didn't meet its mandatory minimum carbon tax rate. And the feds went in and increased Nova Scotia's carbon tax rate to 14 cents per liter of gas, just like what you, uh, you guys are all paying out there in Calgary and Alberta. But here's what's so crazy about this. Nova Scotia was doing good on emissions reductions. Since 2005, Nova Scotia reduced emissions by 36%, Quebec by 12%. So I'm looking at this, scratching my head and saying, this isn't about emissions reductions. If it was, Trudeau would have let Nova Scotia continue to do what they're doing. No, no, no. This is not about the environment. I think this proves that Trudeau's carbon tax is all about politics.
1: Hmm. I, was, that's what I was going to ask you, so why? I mean, what's, the, what's the reason? What's the driver behind it? But if it's, if it's not political considerations, you know, then it, it, it doesn't work because environmental concerns should be right across the board.
2: Well, exactly right. It's not environmental science. Right? There's nothing in environmental science that would say, hey, uh, Quebec should pay a lower carbon tax than every other Canadian. Right? It's not environmental science. I think it's political science.
0: Yeah. Well, here's the thing. We, we, we kind of expect this sort of response from you, Franco, and we like what the CTF does to, to kind of keep them honest. But what about the opposition parties? Are, are we hearing from them when it comes to this disparity?
2: Well, we've heard from the opposition party and the conservatives opposing. Trudeau's carbon taxes, Uh, that's the Conservative Party. We haven't heard that from the NDP, uh, but we haven't heard, at least to my knowledge, I haven't heard anything from the opposition parties in Ottawa calling out Trudeau about his special carbon tax deal for Quebec. Maybe, you know, I I get paid to watch them pretty closely. I haven't heard a a peep out of the Conservative members of Parliament. Maybe some of them are listening into the show in Alberta, and maybe they will speak out publicly. Uh, I'd be happy to correct the record on that one. Um, But I just want to point out to the folks who are listening, right, it's not just the Canadian Taxpayers Federation who has called out the Trudeau government about its special carbon tax deal for Quebec. Um, Yesterday's editorial in the Globe and Mail talked about Ottawa's uneven carbon tax treatment among the provinces and Quebec paying less. Um, Not just the Globe and Mail, but also La Presse, a newspaper in Quebec, has also pointed out this discrepancy where Quebec drivers are paying a lower Trudeau carbon tax Uh, than everywhere else. So it's not just the Canadian Taxpayers Federation highlighting the fact that Trudeau is giving Quebec a special deal on the carbon tax.
1: Franco, how do we advocate for ourselves? How do we push for maybe changes to the carbon tax policy, at least if nothing else, make our voices heard to the feds? How do we do that?
2: Well, okay. so as individual Albertans, I think you have to do two things. Uh, number one, I think uh, contact your Member of Parliament. I know you got a bunch of Conservative MPs out there in Alberta. It's, it's time for them to, to raise their voice. I know that also in Edmonton, if people are listening up there, um, you have a Liberal Member of Parliament who's also a minister, I believe the Associate Minister of Finance. So hey, it'd be perfect for him to, to get off his hands and, and advocate for Albertans on this, especially as you guys are going through uh, very difficult times with cost of living going up over the last couple of years. Um, but also the premier, right? Premier Alber- of, of Alberta, Miss uh, Danielle Smith. She has a job to advocate on behalf of Albertans. So what we'd love to see is we love to see the opposition members of parliament among the conservatives in Alberta speak out. We love to see uh, the Liberal member of parliament in Edmonton, and also I believe the minister of uh, the associate minister of finance speak out, and of course Premier Danielle Smith speak out uh, against this unequal treatment and speak up for Albertans.
0: Well, Franco, this is kind of one of those things that was. Uh, almost, you know, uh, slipped under the rug, though, but thank you for uh, your work, because I uh, tell you what, I, I'm a little shocked, and uh, every time I pump up my uh, tank, I'll be thinking about that four cents that I could be uh, saving if I happen to live in Montreal. Thanks so much for your time, Franco.
2: <laughs> Thanks for having me on this morning.
0: You. That's Franco Terrazano, Federal Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation.
1: Tonight, by the way, Stampede sneak a peek, half price to get in the gates. But before that, this morning, we're taking a look behind the scenes, behind the gates and discussing the logistics that make the greatest outdoor show on earth happen. Scooter Korick is Vice President of Client Relations for North American Midway Entertainment and joins us this morning with some details on how we set up everything that goes on down at the grounds. Hi, Scooter. Thanks for joining us.
3: Hey, good morning. How are you?
1: Excellent. We're pretty pumped that uh, you and your team are here. We're ready. Sneak a peek tonight. The big parade tomorrow, and then we're ten days of fun. Tell us a little bit about what makes Stampede unique. When you know, in terms of setting up, you know, the, the way the midway looks.
3: Well, we uh, leave Winnipeg, Manitoba, in the Red River Exhibition a week ago Sunday, and uh, we're moving pretty close to three hundred tractor-trailer loads worth of stuff to. From Winnipeg to Calgary and we're traveling with uh, a core of about 450 staff that assist us with our tear our setups and our teardowns everywhere we go so you know it's uh, moving all those people and housing them and making sure that everything is set up properly and so it gives us 10 days to set up here at the Stampede and uh, guess what we're just about ready to go.
0: All right, so I, I, I want to get more in detail here, Scooter, because I, I I look at these things, I marvel at them. I'm a huge Carnival fan from, you know, the the ones that used to set up kind of in the shopping mall parkades when I was growing up to the Stampede in, in K-Days in Edmonton. How, like, as far as where each ride and each attraction is going to go, is there a map? Are you measuring with tape measures? How does something like that, a schematics, work?
3: Well, of course, the Calgary Stampede grounds is pretty full, so we start this process usually in December, of uh last year where you know we're going to start placing maps and placing equipment into each one of the places and so it's completely coordinated and usually our stampede map is done by the beginning of june and then from there that's our master plan that we use to place all this stuff and make sure that everything fits so it's kind of a coordinated effort between the calgary stampede and north american midway
1: Sometimes, you know, when you're down there and it's packed with people and, you know, you're high on many donuts, it feels like it's just sort of willy-nilly the way it's set up, but there's got to be some order to it. Can you explain that, like even what we can't see, how you organize things?
3: Well, North American Midway plays 127 dates a year. We have five units, and in fact, when we open this afternoon at uh, 5 o'clock, we will be open in five locations across North America, one of them being the Calgary Stampede, and we have very, very good people that have been laying out midways and setting up rides for uh, decades. And so they've become very, very good at all of this. So, you know, it's, uh, as, as I said before, it's a little bit of a coordinated effort between the Stampede where they'll give us some uh, space that we can use for all of our devices. And then we start planning the way it's going to look. And when we get here, we put some spray paint on the ground, and each one of the devices gets placed in our location, and our guys go ahead and set it up.
0: You mentioned it. That's incredible how many different shows you can have running simultaneously, different locations. So I'm wondering, can you customize? I guess what I'm getting at is, are some attractions and rides more popular regionally? Do you handpick which which ride is going where?
3: Um, Yeah, well, you know, we're going to try to spread out our music rides so they're not one right next door to each other competing for music like the ever-popular Do You Want to Go Faster Polar Express is not sitting next to the Himalaya ride. So, you know, that type of thing is important. And, you know, the way that it works with midways is it's best that we sit all together because we build a little bit of excitement and some synergy between each one of these rides. So, if you know, if the Himalaya was in the south end of the park and the Polar Express was at the north end of the park, we wouldn't be able to create that synergy or that excitement that the midway brings. So there's really, there is a definite art to all of this.
1: I bet it's a it's a, it's like a dance. I would say. Uh, how do you scooter make sure that everything is safe? Nothing comes apart. There are no accidents. I would imagine it's check, double check, triple check. Right when you put these rides, especially together.
3: Well, let's say that there's going to be five checks before we even open our ride, our very first uh, person. Um, Of course, every one of the rides is uh, inspected by Alberta Ride Inspection Authorities. Um, In-house, we have a safety person that oversees all of our setups and all of our inspections. Uh, We have third-party inspectors here that come and take a look at our stuff before we open to the public here at the Calgary Stampede. We have our guys that travel with us. Those are the supervisors that, you know, to run all of our guys to make sure this stuff is set up properly and that it's set up safely and then mostly importantly is our guys that travel with the show they deal with this equipment every day and they go through a ride specific checklist every morning before they open to the public so you know it's just pretty much five levels of safety that happen here at the stampede before we get open and i'm very confident because i think we have the best guys in the outdoor amusement industry working for our company
0: I want to dig into that the guys and gals that work for NAME in the sense that I think it would be the closest thing to running away with the circus, to run away with the midway. Where do your employees come from and, and do many of them stay with you for, for quite some time and travel city to city?
3: Uh, absolutely. So we start building our crew in uh, the spring of every year. Our very first state is in Miami, Florida. And we have a lot of people that are work for us full time or people who work for us seasonally that come back and we amass a crew of traveling in and around 450 people that follow us wherever we go and we start our training our safety training our customer service training right that very first day that we opened in miami in march and that continues throughout our entire season so by the time we get to the calgary stampede we are ready to roll
1: we are ready to roll along with you thanks so much for joining us scooter and uh, go get all those finishing touches put on there can't wait to see you guys starting tonight.
3: That's great. Thank you very much. Have a great day.
1: You too. Scooter Korak is vice president of client relations for North American Midway Entertainment. And again, sneak a peek kicks off tonight. Gates open at five, 5 p.m. Half price to get in.
0: Less than half price because it's twenty three bucks. Right it would be eleven fifty. They're giving you a deal. Eleven half
1: bucks. price plus fifty cents.
0: Yeah, and I was looking at you know some of these deals in the sense that you can uh, seven and under, ages seven and under, free of charge. So if mom and dad have to pony up, and you've got a couple of kids. They're free under seven if they're young. Twenty two bucks to get the two of you in and and explore and and to get involved. And I would think that if you're on if you're watching those dollars and aren't we all Tonight might be one of the perfect nights to go and check out Stampede.
1: A reminder, we will be on the parade route tomorrow yes. morning. We'll be right across the street from the Calgary Tower, out in front of the hotel. Marriott. The Marriott. I don't know why I can't remember the name of the Marriott, but that's where <laughs> we'll be. Uh, look for the uh, Starbucks if you need a little caffeine to get you going. That's where we'll be sitting. Love for you to pop by. Say hi. Watch the parade. It's going to be fantastic. And then you go down to the grounds, and it's free to get in.
0: Yeah, free to get in for, I'm not sure, was it till like a... 11 o'clock or, yes. or lunchtime? We'll have to double check I and will, dig into uh, that.
1: 11 to
0: 1.30. 11 until 1.30. Yes. Uh, many uh, different events, though, to, to get you those deals. Aside from it, I want to give you the warning because my teens were all over it. Today is the last day. The sixth, uh, Different different deals and offers everywhere. But I know at the Safeway and Sobeys, mm-hmm. you can still get your uh, super pass. We gave a lot oh, of those. Okay. Yeah, yeah. As of today, it's the last day, I believe. Okay. And the Midway, all you can ride in one pass, mm. they cap it off today as well. So you're saving 5 or 10 bucks. And again, stretch hey, those dollars the best you can.
1: For sure. Anything you can save is good.
0: Special alert for all the musicians out there. Music created by artificial intelligence will now be eligible to win Grammys? What? What? Joining us to discuss the decision and the impact on the music industry is Eric Alper. Eric is, of course, a music commentator, correspondent, podcaster, just a music guru. Uh, Good morning to you, Eric.
4: Good morning. Just to clarify, this isn't actually Eric Alper. This is the AI (laughs) Eric Alper, who is much smarter and, according to my wife, much better looking than the original Eric Alper.
0: Sounds very intelligent. (laughs) <laughs> it's right on spot. This is crazy. So what led to the Recording Academy's decision to implement changes in guidelines regarding AI at the Grammys?
4: Yeah, you know, there's been some some recent songs that have been in the news and also climbing up some of Spotify's most played songs. There are a number of producers that had some fun with AI, and you might have remembered that there was a couple of songs. One of them was Drake and The Weeknd doing a duet. Unfortunately, Drake, and the weekend had nothing to do with it. And AI was used to create the lyrics and the music and replicate their voices to be perfect. Um, actually, if you go on YouTube, there's a number of of producers and and artists that had some fun with it and had people like John Lennon singing "Space Oddity." from David Bowie that sounds just immaculate. It's bizarre. Um, And so the Grammys are taking a look at this and realizing that there's been a number of studies that have shown that almost 40% of people who work in studios, the producers and engineers and artists are using AI for their song. So the Recording Academy, that's the organization that oversees the Grammys, just wants to make sure that only human creators are going to win or be nominated for the Grammy. Meaning that if you're using AI or chat G P D to you to write lyrics, you're not gonna be nominated for songwriter of the year. If you use AI a lot for creating the music, you're not going to get it for song of the year or record of the year. You have to have a very strong human creativity and human element in order to make sure that AI is used to enhance or, you know, work in the same kind of field rather than replacing what humans can actually do.
1: Curious about your thoughts on it, but what's the reaction being from the industry and and actual singers about this?
4: It all depends on who you ask. You know, I would be, I was surprised a little bit because when I found out just how many songs are using AI and artificial intelligence for their songs, I was kind of astonished. Um, even Paul McCartney mentioned a couple of weeks ago that the final and last Beatles song was created using AI technology. And I think that freaked out a lot of people because what they kind of thought he meant was that He was going to get John Lennon to sing, you know, lyrics that he never wrote or George Harrison to play music that he never even had a hand in. But what Paul ended up meaning and what he said later on was that it's kind of like baking a cake where, you know, AI allows you through the computer to separate the eggs and the flour and the sugar and the water and have it all separated, and then you can mix it all up again to create a brand new cake. That's what Paul McCartney was doing with this, you know, Beatles song that's going to be released probably any day now, is that um, they managed to kind of clean up all of the background noises to separate um, some of the guitar lines or the riffs and kind of create something new with it. Um, So I think if you're a producer, you love this. You love AI. You know, these are people, People who grew up in a world where you didn't have to hire a one hundred person orchestra from Calgary or Edmonton, um, you can do that now with the hit of a button on your computer. You can create drum sounds with the computers and not even use a drummer. So they love it. I think when you're talking about songwriters, they still so want that human element. They still want that emotional attachment that they just don't believe that artificial intelligence can know. I mean, can, would artificial intelligence create a song like, she loves you, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. or probably wrote, you know, she loves you, yes, 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 because it's proper English.
0: So so a lot of the times... <laughs> it's a good that's a good point. Very good point. Uh, a lot of the times we when we've seen the influence or heard the influence of this music, it's enhancements, it's it's bringing back somebody who might be departed to add to a song, whatever it may, might be, or tweaks. But what about a wholly generated artist, of, uh, artificial intelligence? Do you see that coming to fruition uh, to be nominatable?
4: I, I have a very strange feeling that in about three years we're going to find out that a really popular song that we all know and love was created solely from artificial intelligence, fooling us all. Look, if there's one thing that I know about the music industry, and like most industries, it's really hard to tell the truth. And so I think people just want to be able to get the fame, get the glory, get the money, get the awards, and kind of apologize for it later on. But, you know, when you're somebody like Millie Vanilli, for instance, who mm-hmm. are front that group only for all of us to find out later on that we were actually fooled. There was actually studio musicians creating everything and singing on it. Those two guys were just lip syncing and and singing very badly during live shows. Um, the, the, The audience doesn't like to be fooled for very long, but they will happily and gleefully be ignorant in the moment, meaning that AI is right now being used... Um, by really bad people to have politicians say things that they didn't say revving up their base and so I think when you're in the moment it's really hard to kind of break over that emotional attachment that you have with your favorite artist or your favorite brand or your favorite politician only to find out later on that it was used with technology but I think you know the proof is kind of weird right now you know people don't mind knowing that the avengers really never saved the planet and all of it was done in a green screen and we all applaud that kind of technology for some reason music seems to be that higher emotional attachment we want to believe that the singer actually wrote those lyrics even though that most of them don't elvis presley never wrote a lyric Frank Sinatra never wrote a lyric, but, you know, they just had this way of, of making us believe that they did.
1: Yeah, it's, I think it's because, you know, music speaks to our lives. It's a soundtrack of our lives. We don't want to believe that a computer made it and you know i think that would sully that kind of the memories that we have of you know teenage years for example but it'll be interesting to see how this continues through the next bunch of years you're right three years we'll we'll talk to you before that but in three (laughs) years we'll check back and see how how this is going thanks eric for your time thank
4: you so much for having me we'll talk soon
1: you bet eric alpert music commentator and correspondent